This is Inspiring Design, where unique innovators come together to share their knowledge, share their insight, and keep us up to date with the latest industry trends. And here's your host, Rashan Senanayake. What's up, listeners? Welcome to Season 4 of Inspiring Design with Rashan Senanayake. This is where the best of the best brands, experts, change makers, and thought leaders come together to share their valuable insights, experience, and knowledge, all centered around the growth sector in advanced manufacturing within Industry 4.0, encompassing various industries, technologies, skills, knowledge, trends, as well as stakeholders, all the while linking it back into education, within schools and universities. First Class Laser Solutions that is transforming workflows in education and setting the new standard in industry. Today's episode, we focus on laser technology and what's leading the way with the latest software and hardware integration. To headline this tech talk, we have here Simon Moore, Director at Trotec Laser Australia. Simon comes with over 30 plus years of experience and is a leader in the laser technology space. His experience scales internationally, working in key markets within the USA, UK, Canada, and now in Australia. However, what really sets the tone is his passion for the technology, combined with his vision to educate, streamline, and be the new standard. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. Welcome to Inspiring Design. All right, we finally got here. Exactly. So Welcome. can we get straight into it? I, one of the first things I love to talk about is understanding the speaker first. Everyone mm-hmm. wants to know your incredible background. I know a little bit about it. Yes. But can you talk us through your story? Where, what, where, how did you get to where you are now? Um, okay, so going back the better part of 40 years, uh, we have a promotional and engraving company using hand engraving machines, small CNC machines and the like. And then towards the end of the 80s, we got quite busy Mm -hmm. and looked for more productive processes. Um, As we hunted for more productive processes, computer engraving machines were the answer. And then from there, we discovered lasers towards the end of the 90s. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we found Trotec as a supplier and gravitated towards those guys because they took a genuine interest in the business. Mm. And so from a personal perspective, uh, 40 years in the industry and around about 22, 23 years playing with lasers. Yeah. Are you originally from Queensland? No, Adelaide born and bred. Right. And uh, Trotec has taken me across the world. So I lived in Adelaide, lived in Brisbane, lived in Sydney, and actually had the luxury of living in Austria for two oh, and a wow. half years running Trotec. Queensland's by far the best though, isn't it? By a mile, <laughs> correct. No worries. Well, look, let, one of the things I really want to understand in this episode is what the laser cutting industry is all about. Mm-hmm. So in your expertise and in your experience having traveled the world and everything, mm-hmm. what exactly is the laser cutting industry for someone who's never heard of it before? So basically, the laser cutting industry is separated into three processes. Mm-hmm. We have laser cutting, laser engraving, and laser marking. Mm-hmm. Laser cutting is the separation of material, the same way that a CNC machine might work, where we'll take a piece of acrylic and cut a letter out of it. In other words, we've fabricated the letter. Mm-hmm. The laser engraving side of the business is where we are removing the surface of the material. So this can either be paint filled or we'll get discoloration of the material. And the laser marking is where we will change the properties of the material 
So in steel, we can take the steel and turn it black. And in plastics and things like that, we can then change the color. And so we have three very distinct processes. Yep. Um, all of those are run through the same software. Mm -hmm. And we change the power, the speed, and the focus, and the pulse of the lasers to determine the absorption into the material. And so as the different materials absorb the uh, laser in different ways, mm -hmm. we get a different result. Okay. And how long has this industry been around? Because the reason I ask this is that even virtual reality being a mainstream thing now, mm -hmm. people don't realize that it's actually been around since the 80s and sometimes even the 70s. Mm -hmm. How long has the laser cutting been around? Um, well, the laser side of the business, as far as the cutting was concerned, was very much predominantly 80s mm -hmm. um, because we were looking at mechanical systems being very slow, um, very difficult to train people on how these things worked. You were basically pushing metal through metal. Mm. Um, and so lasers were a very popular process back then. When we worked out that we could use lasers to engrave, um, that sort of industry took off uh, in the 90s mm -hmm. um, and laser marking and things like that now is becoming very prevalent uh, especially in the medical side of things yeah but generally speaking we're probably around about the 30-year mark okay fair yeah yeah and how do you see this industry growing in the next 10 20 30 years well i think the real thing for us is that the synergy between what we do and the educational side of things is that this is one of the few industries where we're actually expected to train and take an interest in our customer base. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 40% of the staff that Trotec has in Australia were actually customers. Mm -hmm. And so what we're finding is that we're becoming a lot closer to not just industry needs, but how students and how people would morph into those sorts of areas. Yeah. And so it's a spreading process. Okay. 20 years ago, we were probably uh, looking at maybe 10 to 15 market segments. Uh, now in, in Australia, we're in about 40 market segments. And so it's the spread of capability. Mm -hmm. um, it's very much what we would call three A's with attitude, awareness, and ability. Yep. Um, and when we talk about awareness, we're talking about customers being aware of what we are physically capable of doing mm -hmm. and what our customers are capable of doing. Mm. And mm. so this spread of technology and capability um, yeah, is accelerating this industry considerably. Yeah, absolutely. And I understand having spoken to you guys prior to this episode, um, what your capabilities are, and you're obviously doing some really cool things. I can see the potential of how you've improved the workflows of how people use this complicated technology, or I would say probably now no longer complicated. What makes you guys stand out from the other laser cutting technologies? Well, I think the real difference between a company like Trotec and every other supplier that we would uh, look at our peers mm -hmm. is that there is no middleman. And so we have a direct line to the factory, mm -hmm. we have a direct line to R&D, and we also have a direct line to software. Mm -hmm. And so software is the new hardware. Um, for the old school laser engraving guys, they would be locked into a printer driver. Mm -hmm. They would have a reasonably uh, basic graphics package at entry level, mm -hmm. some more complicated stuff with the InDesigns and the Quarks and the illustrators of the world as mm -hmm. they moved up through the system. Yep. Um, but the reality was is that they were locked into a printer driver mentality which meant there had to be a driver between what you were doing and what you wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And the ability of that driver determined the ability of your work. Yeah. So Trotec decided to scrap that mentality. Um, we brought in another operating system that we're very proud of called Ruby. Mm -hmm. um, and basically what that's done is that's taken away the need for proprietary software. So our customers can use any operating system they like. They can use an iPad, a Mac, they can use their PC. They don't no longer need to have all the cumbersome graphics packages. 
And of course, the real beauty of that is it's taking them into the educational side of things in a much lower grade. Absolutely. So in the past year, we were looking at year 11 and 12 because of the cost of the equipment and also the complexity of the software, which meant an educator had to learn the software, a graphics package, before they can start yep. teaching how lasers work. Yep. Now that uh, a student can draw with their iPad and just put it straight into the system, we've just opened up doors. Absolutely. And I think that's the exciting part for me, how you've brought this skill set massively forward so it becomes an everyday thing and I can see in the future how year one, two, three, four, five students interested in this kind of technology can start to do that with their educators in their classroom. So that's, I think, the exciting part. Now, what do you think will take this beyond the classroom? How, do, how is this going to transform the next future professionals? Mm -hmm. Because right now the industry is very specialized. It's, it's almost seen as a bit of a um, a unique high skill set. Mm -hmm. How do you see this evolving once the students that you're now putting this in front of will enter the workforce? Where's the industry going to go? Well, I think when we looked at it, it was very much about customer expectation. Mm -hmm. And the customer expectation in the prior world was productivity and it was complexity. And this is how people perceived what we did. Mm. Now we've looked more at the customer experience side of things and our customers, which would be the schools, their customers are the students. Mm -hmm. And so as you will find students um, push their way through the system, they'll transfer the skills into industry. And so when they'll walk into an industry, they won't accept the bad way of doing something. Yeah. There's a better way of doing it. And at the end of the day now, your phone is your camera, it looks after your health, monitors your blood pressure and these sorts of things. Everything. <laughs> Apparently it does. And so when you're having a look at the type of software that we've put together, there's an expectation of what mm. it's going to do. And so we've maintained the customer experience. We've mm -hmm. always been very proud of our hardware. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, the way you control the software is the way you control the outcome. Yeah. And it's, as I said, it's an awareness game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Well said. What are the, um, so we're obviously sitting in front of the Speedy 360. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about this one. Okay, well, the 360 is um, my personal favorite. Mm -hmm. uh, do have one of those at home. Okay. And yes, um, and so very fond of the 360. The 360 was developed uh, around about six or seven years ago as an upgrade to our popular Speedy 300. Mm -hmm. uh, the Speedy 300, there's around about 20,000 of those installed around the world. Mm -hmm. um, and around about 500 of those are in Australia, all places. Um, the 360, we redeveloped it. We put the laser source underneath so that we could make a more compact footprint. Mm -hmm. So the 360 fits through a doorway, multi-function table process, sonar technology in regards to focusing, uh, dual camera systems so we can actually see the work that we're doing or we can register with um, registration marks for print to cut applications. Um, but more importantly, a 360 productivity is its key. Mm -hmm. um, it can engrave a full bed of um, trailase labels in a little under an hour. Wow. And if you put that into an educational side of things, mm. one 360 would accommodate for 200 students. Wow, yeah. And yeah. so realistically, it's a, it's a very compact product but it has every single bell and whistle that you would find in top level industry. Yeah, this is where I think the exciting parts come into play. Now, one of the things that I really want to understand is the skill sets behind using this kind of a machine and the technology behind it. Mm -hmm. Naturally, it's seen as a very complicated element. Even it's, it's the same in industry, let alone schools. So people, as you mentioned, people generally need to understand a complicated graphics package. Mm -hmm. People need to know how the hardware fits into its environment. You need an infrastructure environment. How does this 
now look like in the next five years? How mm -hmm. is this becoming more simpler and simpler? Mm -hmm. And what are the key skills people need now to operate this kind of machine? Okay. Well, I think if you answered the question backwards, it's mm -hmm. probably easier to get your head around it. And so basically the laser skills, the powers, the speeds, the focusing and these sorts of things, they're locked in concrete. Mm -hmm. Because for the laser to affect the material on what you're expecting, that's a series of parameters. Mm -hmm. What we've done is put that into a considerably more logical process, a more seamless process. And these days we start talking about the effects on material. And when we put users into the system, the actual material settings are automatically loaded for users and machines. So it's a more personalized process. Yeah. The other side of this uh, question, as far as the setup side of things, that was really the biggest roadblock. Mm -hmm. Because when you're looking at printer drivers, you had to be able to differentiate, as far as the laser was concerned, whether it was going to engrave or cut. Mm -hmm. And so traditionally that was done with RGB codes. So mm -hmm. we would use specific colors mm -hmm. and then we would use different line weights. Yeah. And so because of that, if a student had the wrong line weight in their artwork mm -hmm. or multiple lines or the wrong colors of lines, the laser wouldn't do what they're expecting. And so Ruby's now automatically picks up on all of these errors, mm -hmm. highlights the errors for the students, not just repairs them, but also highlights them so that there's an educational side to it. Yep. And taken away all of those roadblocks where you truly had to understand a graphics package mm. before you could cut out a square. Yep. Yep. And so the, the parameters, the quality and these sorts of things, as I said, that's non-negotiable. Um, but the ease of use, the understanding of what's happening and also the multi-layering of product as well. Mm. And so uh, in the past, we could only send work to a laser at one resolution, one power and speed per se, because that's the power and speed the machine was working at. Yeah. Now we can send multiple resolution photographs, we can lay product over the top of each other, engrave them in steps, focus in between steps. The entire process has been opened up. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so from an ease of use perspective, I think it's just the intuitive side of the software, which is really the most exciting side yeah. of it. And I think the, the part that's exciting for the educators is once they teach this now complicated element and tech to a, even a younger audience, mm -hmm. they're opening up a whole array of skill sets and mm -hmm. career opportunities and Correct. industries that they can go to. Now, you already mentioned that um, there's about 16 market segments that you're working within. So they are all potential career opportunities that future students can use this in the classroom and now then go on to working within or integrating this technology within that context. Mm -hmm. What are some of those industries that, um, that you guys operate in? Mm -hmm. Well, I think where we would also answer a question like that is we're not actually pigeonholing people in the industries like we did when I went through school. Yeah. You had to decide when you were 15 what you wanted to do when you were 50. It's much more autonomous we, now and people go through so much more changes. Yeah. <laughs> and even like you, someone like yourself who started behind the camera is now in front of the camera. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and so having an understanding of behind the camera is actually the, the skill to be in front of the camera. Yeah. And that's something which we're really important as far as Tradetech is concerned. Mm -hmm. Transferable skills do not necessarily mean that we want to specifically pigeonhole you into doing something. Mm -hmm. So if you want to go architectural model making, if you want to go into signage, if you wanted to make rubber stamps, all of the processes are basically the same, mm. which means not only do you have the skill sets to be able to go into career professions that um, would be uh, appropriate or attractive, mm -hmm. you also have the ability to cross-pollinate. Yeah. And I think that's really where we're probably the most proud, um, is that a lot of the guys that work with us here, uh, which were customers, have morphed into working into this industry and this business because it is captivating. 
Absolutely. And it certainly does have that ability to take you into many trades. 100%, 100%. And what are the capabilities of Trotec? This is one of the main things, even outside of education, mm -hmm. what can you achieve that others cannot? And I think that's the part that everyone wants to usually know. Yeah, well, I think we have a direct line to our future and our past. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that very few companies would have the luxury of doing. We're part of the Trotec Group, which is a little over 110 years old, still family owned and operated. Mm -hmm. And so we have a very keen eye on the future because the grandchildren of the current owners plan on working here. Mm -hmm. And so that's very important. Um, a number of members of my personal family work here and godchildren of our staff are working here. Wow. And so I think that's really important that we understand where we came from. Mm -hmm. uh, we understand the reason that we did what we did. Um, but also we have a direct line to the entire manufacturing process. We write our own software, we manufacture our own laser sources, we produce our own product. And so we're also one of the heaviest users of our own product because Trodat, our sister company, mm -hmm. um, produces a rubber stamp a minute mm -hmm. uh, around the world. Um, and so all of these things are engraved with lasers. And so we're in tune with the product. Um, and I think the other thing which is really important is the laser industry is one of the few industries where we're expected to train mm. and take an interest in our customers. Yep. If I bought a car, they're not giving me driving lessons. Yep. And so because of this weird nature, right, we intimately understand and we visualize the customer using the product mm. and pick up a lot of roadblocks that may be along the way. And I think that's something that when you employ people, that's the first thing that surprises them is how in tune we are with our customers. Mm. Not because we want to sell them something, it's because we want to enjoy their growth. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really the differentiating factor. And I um, think from a cultural point of view, you've come through and done empathy mapping without even realizing it. Mm. And, and simply by reverse engineering the ex-customers as, as um, Trotec members. So mm. I love that. So where do you see the other technologies that are hand in hand with laser cutting? especially mm -hmm. that works with the context of what you're mentioning and you mentioned manufacturing. Mm -hmm. So generally design is going to be a part of it. Correct. Do you see other technologies and skills that complement it? Um, well, I think that's also one of the things that excites us the most. Um, five or six years ago on a train from Hamburg back to uh, Vienna with Andreas, who is the CEO of Trotec, we discussed the future. We thought, how is this going to look? And it became apparent that if we had an operating system that cross-pollinated and collaborated with all the other processes, mm. whether that was a 3D printer, a CNC machine, a water jet cutter, a printing system, these uh, collaborations were going to be the secret. Yeah. And so the new Ruby software platform, mm -hmm. the import file system in that is designed around the file system of a 3D printer as well. So a school that has 3D printers, which what they found now are not working as much as they should have, can produce a project where we might cut out their wheels and the 3D printer will make the axles. Yeah. And so the skill set has to be the same as you would then take into your professional life of understanding which skill is the correct one. Because mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. old adage that if you're holding a hammer, everything looks like a nail mm. doesn't really apply to us. Yeah. And so I think that's really the cool part about it is that the printing industry um, were interviewed many years ago at FESPA and their current response was we want our equipment to be more productive. So we set about putting lasers into a finishing mindset mm -hmm. so that they could print and then we could cut out the product. Yeah. And so I think that's really the good part about it is that if your software is intuitive to understand your collaborators and your peers, um, you really do have a place, yeah. especially in their future as well. Yeah. And speaking of software, mm -hmm. there are obviously professionals that have skill sets in the more complicated CAD packages and the graphics packages. Mm -hmm. What are the applications that are hand in hand with 
this technology, obviously, 3D modeling you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Can you rattle off some softwares that people will know mm -hmm. um, that works with, well with this? Yeah, well, obviously, uh, Illustrator and Corel, as far as Australia is concerned, are the, the major two software packages used. Um, fortunately, Ruby will open native Illustrator and Corel files, mm -hmm. which means you don't actually have to have Illustrator and Corel on your system to mm -hmm. open those files. Yeah. In fact, Ruby is the only software package in the world that can do that. That's awesome. And edit those files as well. So it's not just a matter of importing a DXF file and then basically cutting it out. Mm -hmm. These can be modified at the laser. Yeah. Reopened, modified, changed the text. Um, Ruby will also, if an Illustrator file for argument's sake has multiple lines, Ruby will pick up the multiple lines and with a click of a feature, it'll only cut them once. That's awesome. And so when you look at the skills that people have honed, whether it's in architectural model making mm -hmm. um, or it's in basic signage, they might want to use a nesting program. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't lock anyone into using a proprietary software. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to plug it in, if you want to just click on a JPEG and drag it online and drag it straight on the screen or cut and paste it. Yep then that's how Ruby will process it. Okay, yeah. Mm. So I'm assuming that that means any file type that produces any of those files can work? Um, we've got around about 20 file extensions at the minute, which obviously mm -hmm. covers 99% of industry. Mm -hmm. um, and all of the, the usual suspects, you know, the DXF files for the CAD guys, yep. the SVGs, yep. um, where we're trying to maintain the integrity of the product. Um, generally speaking, PDFs, we can open multiple page PDFs, transfer those into multiple files which is what people are expecting. And I think that's really the, the key for a company like Trotec mm. is to look at customer experience, look at things like the customer journey intimately that we did, mm -hmm. um, and now fully appreciate customer expectation. And that's the next generation of people coming through is yeah. expectations have changed. Yeah. And I think that just took my mind in a different direction. So I'm actually going to put, put this in front of you. Let's see, let's see what the thoughts are. Now, in tertiary industrial design, mm -hmm. they're using VR as an application of designing because you're able to actually now design one is to one. Mm -hmm. Currently, the software in virtual reality hasn't caught up with what's actually possible with VR as a medium mm -hmm. at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, however, software like Gravity Sketch can theoretically output SDL files and um, DXF and DWG files. Yep. It's not streamlined yet, and it's mm -hmm. not neat. Mm -hmm. So where do you see that kind of element where students are more organically designing things in virtual reality, one is to one? Mm -hmm. How do you see that being the next iteration and working with, with let's say, the technology that you have? Um, well, I guess it comes back down to horses for courses. Mm -hmm. um, if you wanted to use that type of process for the design side of things, you're going to take away structural integrity, you're going to take away measurements, you're going to take away fonts and so on and so forth and replace mm. them with a more visual process. Correct. Which is very similar from taking a typewriter and going to an iPad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to start drawing with your finger, you'll draw a flower and then we'll put it into the software and you'll cut it out. Yeah. So I think really what you're looking at is a softer process rather than an uglier process. Mm. And so um, we did build Ruby with the ability to run APIs because of where we're heading. Right. That was the reason that we took an operating system with 30-odd thousand users around the world mm. and rang them and said, we're going to change it. Mm. Now, obviously, you can imagine that people don't like change. People mm -hmm. are people allergic to People never like change. change. <laughs> yes, and that's where we bring attitude in. And that's when we talk about the three A's. And awareness is the first one and attitude is the second one because we need people to have an attitude where they're willing to at least consider it. What's the third one? The ability. Ability. 
Yes. yes. Fair enough. And when we talk ability, we don't talk about ability per se. We talk about usability. We talk about capability. Yeah. We talk disability in some cases. And so we want to make sure that if we are going to be on your journey with you, mm. we're not just relevant today because we'd like you to buy a lovely red box with Speedy written on the front mm. of it. Mm. You know, yep. the managing director at Trotech currently in Australia got his first laser when he was nine. Wow. And so it's just been his journey. Yeah. And obviously what we could do back then, the capabilities, the usability of those products back then, mm. ugly as mm. the term is used, mm -hmm. has improved light years. Yeah. And I think that's the thing now. It's the speed of improvement. It's the speed of expectation. And, and it's the speed of the collaboration between software packages. And so we're looking very, very closely at augmented reality and these sorts of things because it makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Especially in a photographic world. Yeah. That if you could look at something and you're at a wedding and you look at something and then we're starting to engrave or produce a product yeah. based on a feeling, not necessarily based on a graphics package. Mm, mm. Because that sort of transition is a bit like a photocopier. It's a very cold, mm. clunky process. Yeah. Yeah. And so, okay. yeah. No worries. Well, and one of the favorite questions that I always love to ask is how this ties back in with design thinking. Mm -hmm. Another way of describing it is creative problem solving, critical thinking. Mm -hmm. These are the foundational skills that a lot of educators want to impart to their students. Mm -hmm. And naturally I can see it, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on mm -hmm. what you think, how design thinking and those elements, the mindset, and you've kind of already mentioned it, mm -hmm. which is why I thought I'd ask you, mm -hmm. what's your thoughts on how that fits in with here? Well, I think there always has to be an end game. And so at the end of the day, if we're talking about fashion, we're talking about functionality as mm -hmm. well as the visual side to it. Mm. So there's no point laser engraving a pair of jeans that fall apart. Mm. They might look fantastic, but they've got to go through a washing machine X amount of Absolutely. times. So we have to have functionality. Mm -hmm. When we're talking at the sign industry and these sorts of things, they have to have the usability side of things and what we would call structural integrity. Mm -hmm. And so realistically, understanding what you're trying to achieve and what the expectations of the product is, whether that's furniture that needs to have a certain lifespan or whether we're marking foods and we don't want to um, mm. change the integrity of the product. These are the sort of understandings where the laser side of things, because we have so much flexibility in delivery mm -hmm. that we can perforate a piece of paper and we can cut through a piece of timber. There is no other process that could do the two of those. Yeah. And this is where you'll find that the industry itself gravitates towards education because mm -hmm. we're not pigeonholing people into predetermined process. Yeah. We're allowing them to go on a journey and we just want to make sure that our part of their journey is a positive and professional way. Yeah. And that actually allows them to actually tailor their own journey as you know, even the CEO found laser cutting when he was nine years old means mm -hmm. that that was a very unique journey. Absolutely. And that's what's built his incredible career. So that's, that's awesome. Are there any materials that are off limits? Um, absolutely. Uh, anything with a chlorine base in the entire industry, it's not subject to, to Trotec, mm -hmm. but any of our friends that make laser cutters, uh, we don't cut chlorine based PVCs because of the gases that are created in the process itself. Yep. Um, generally speaking, we keep away from carbon fibers and these sorts of things. Putting carbon dust in any electronic piece mm -hmm. of equipment is uh, not necessarily good for it. Yep. Um, and a number of plastics and things like that where we're not quite sure what their composites are. And so um, because of that actual fact, um, Trotec about 10 years ago developed its own range of consumable materials for sign makers and engravers, mm -hmm. uh, include, including environmentally friendly timbers and things, yeah. to get rid of all of the products that were in there. Mm. Because in the previous worlds, um, some of the materials that were in plastics to keep them waterproof or to look for their um, UV stability um, were designed around the CNC world where they were cutting product with a blade. Mm. And so uh, once the lasers came along, we had to change that. And a good example would be core flute. Mm. 
mm -hmm. where they've gone from PVC core flute to polypropylene core flute because it's environmentally friendly. Yeah, yeah. And if a teacher or a student wants to use a particular material, Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice or a place where they can quick do a quick check before actually executing something? Oh, absolutely. All laser manufacturers have that list. Yeah, yes. fair and enough. So we've, we are very much in tune with our product because obviously we warrant our product out to 10 years. And so loosely speaking, if you're going to give a 10-year warranty on a machine, then it's actually your machine. Mm, mm. So the way it's maintained is very much proportional to what you put in it. Absolutely. All right. So one of the things that I always love to ask my guests is your advice for educators and teachers, mm -hmm. how can they take these next steps? What, what's your thoughts for them? Mm -hmm. um, I always like to put ourselves in the shoes of others. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things as far as the education world is happening now, is mm -hmm. that there is a joining between what the students are expecting, what the students would like to achieve, and what industry is expecting and industry would like to achieve. Uh, years ago, it was very difficult to employ staff with transferable skills. Mm. And so I think one of the things that we would dearly love the education world to take note of is the changing industry and how what they're teaching is going to apply yeah. so that we can prepare ourselves to put software machinery and processes together that marry all of that together yeah. inside of things. Um, and so I think that's really the number one thing is that if the educators would look at the future industries mm -hmm. and we could run some uh, seminars and things like that together to look at where digital manufacturing is going to go, I think the benefits would be just unbelievable. Absolutely. That's valuable advice. And I think always constantly looking at what the future of work is and then mm -hmm. how do you align the future of education with that. So perfect. Yep. And what about for the students? What's your advice for them? Anyone who's, in my experience, whether they're in tertiary or in high school, they're mm -hmm. very interested in playing with cool toys, new technologies. Mm -hmm. What's your advice for them? Um, I would suggest to leave your limitations at home. Mm -hmm. Realistically, uh, imagination is handed to the young. That's the key. And I think that's one of the things that we've seen now is how creative and imaginative the students are with lasers and these sorts of things. And so I um, took great pleasure in one of the schools in South Australia that lobbied mm. their school to get their laser. Mm -hmm. uh, they even, when they got a laser, were looking for accessories for their laser took their laser out into the park at lunchtime and started making souvenirs to sell them and things like right. that. And I thought it was a wonderful opportunity for not just the laser side of things, but the entrepreneurial side of it. They needed to have 100%. a product and they'd have a price point. They'd have a marketplace. Mm. And so they weren't looking at the laser. They really looked at this as the whole encompassing side to it. Mm. And I think that's the thing. It's just the open-minded side of an industry like this yep. is its key strength. Perfect. Um, and that's probably the thing, yeah. Awesome, awesome. And if they want to now learn more about what you guys do and get in touch, what's mm -hmm. the best way? Well, obviously, the usual culprit is jump on the website, which yep. I think everybody <laughs> would say religiously yep. with yourself. Um, we obviously have very good ties with the main educators. Um, we're very happy to run any event with schools and things like that. And so I think realistically, if anyone was to get in touch with Trotec and say we would really look like to come and see mm -hmm. more information, um, we built the facility like the one you're in today in every major city in Australia and New Zealand mm -hmm. because when I bought lasers 25 years ago, we couldn't physically visualise using it. Now we have inspiration rooms, now we have the showrooms out the front and these sorts of things, very close ties with, say, RMIT down in Melbourne mm -hmm. um, and, you know, guys like Doug McManus that are just incredible laser artists. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think realistically, the, the next level of information that comes into here is driven by expectation. Mm. 
Mm. And that's, that's probably the key for us. Perfect, perfect. No worries. And last but not least, mm -hmm. what's your guilty pleasure? <laughs> Horse racing easily, uh -huh. um, of which very little guilt. Um, definitely my boat. Mm -hmm. um, but predominantly watching the way that we interact in and around the people that come through this place. Interesting. Um, okay. I've got customers that have been with for 25 years. Yep. And so I know they're kids. And so that side of it is, yeah, it's probably the most rewarding side of it. So not a lot of guilt, but definitely a lot of pleasure. Love it. Love it. Well, yeah. mate, thank you so much. Like it's been a very technical hands-on information session. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of educators listening and even students can get a lot out of it. Mm -hmm. uh, they can go through the details that you've provided to us in the show notes. So thank you mm -hmm. so much for your time. This has been an absolute pleasure. Perfect. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Thank you. That's it for today's episode. Now it's time to take action and build on the learnings to get inspired. First up, jump on to rashansenanayaka.com forward slash podcast and check out the show notes, links and other relevant learning materials from this amazing episode. Next, if you learned something new today, click that subscribe button and set yourself up to receive live notifications on future episodes, as well as more opportunities to learn from our amazing guests, brands and speakers. Last but not least, it's time to have your say. Join the conversation and share your thoughts and feedback on today's episode with a review, all while joining many others with a five-star rating for Inspiring Design with Rashan Senanayaka. Till next time.